here on the Louisiana Hayride. His name is... Hank Williams. The Drifting Cowboy. <laughs> on the Grand Ole Opry, Bill Monroe and his Bluegrass Boys. Hi, this is Amy Lou Harris. Hi, folks, this is Sam Bush. Hello, this is Odetta. This is Joan Baez, and you're listening to the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour. And now, gather the family around and sit back in your easy chair. It's time again for the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour, our worldwide celebration of grassroots music. Let's welcome folk singer Michael Jonathan. My baby and me Playing mandolin and fiddle All night long And no one's got to play alone It's me and you Playing song farmer blues On a front porch swing Picking to the rhythm when a neighbor calls, maybe I can play with you. It don't have to be new, playing song, farmer blues. We sing from the heart and we play with a circle of friends. Tune up your old guitar and play all night long. This banjo in me I can play any tune And make it sound so sweet Like a five-string symphony Well, so can you Playing song, farmer blues circle of friends Tune up your old guitar and play all night long This Martin and me Your mandolin and fiddle Playing all night long No one's got to play alone It's me and you Playing song Farmer Blues Oh, me and you playing song, farmer blues. The Wood Songs Old Time Radio Hour is presented in part by Kentucky Tourism, inviting families fans and conventions worldwide to visit our land of unbridled spirit, music, art, cafes, state parks, sports, and cultural attractions. 
You can explore what Kentucky has to offer on your next vacation trip online at KentuckyTourism.com. And by VisitLex.com, an online vacation guide for families, visitors, and corporate conventions to visit historic Lexington, Kentucky. While in Kentucky, you can visit the cafes, horse parks, music festivals, art, and cultural world of Lexington, the home of the Whitsong's Old Time Radio Hour. And welcome to the beautiful and historic Lyric Theater in our hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. We're broadcasting worldwide from Australia to Ireland, New Zealand to New York, Yuma to Arizona, to the Yukon and Northern Canada. We are celebrating the wonderful world of grassroots music. Artists come from everywhere to be on this stage. You don't have to be famous to be on Wood Songs. You just have to be very, very good. And what we're doing is we are celebrating this amazing world of roots music, grassroots music, front porch music with the organizations that actually help to present it and preserve it worldwide. So we have folks from, from the Folk Alliance are here, from the International Bluegrass Music Association, the IBMA. Song farmers are here, and first up, we're going to introduce a, a wonderful form of music that was started a long, long time ago by a very, very prominent blues man named Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, with just a few songs and a very limited amount of time to do them in, changed the world of music and it became a, a global, global, uh, a passionate form of art. And here to uh, help us uh, organize our conversation about blues music, please welcome the CEO and president of the Blues Foundation, Ms. Barbara Newman is here. How you doing, Barbara? How you doing, Michael? So the blues, I mean, Robert Johnson was such, a, uh, such an iconic figure in the world of, of blues and really uh, ignited a, a very passionate spark, didn't he? He did, and he's well-respected. He's in our Hall of Fame. He's one of the first inductees in the Hall of Fame because of his importance. And tell me about the Blues Foundation. I mean, you used to have another name, uh, but, uh, but we're known, you're known now as the, as, as the Blues Foundation. You, uh, you have this uh, very uh, amazing conference where the major awards in the world of blues are given. Right. We're based in Memphis, Tennessee, but we're international with thousands of members around the world because the blues is such a worldwide phenomenon of music. It's been embraced all around the world. And we hold the Blues Music Awards every year, give out the top honors for performance and recording, and we host the International Blues Challenge each January, in which we give up-and-coming artists from around the world the opportunity to showcase their music, win prizes, and make it to the next stage. Yeah, one of your entertainers of the year is going to be on next week's broadcast, Ms. Jennifer Magnus. Yeah, she's, be here. she's great. And uh, we've also had uh, Bobby Rush and, and so many others part of the Woodsongs family. So the blues is very, very important to us. But how does the Blues Foundation, what do you do that helps to organize that world and preserve it and introduce it to young people? Well, we've got a number of initiatives. Part of our mission is to preserve blues heritage. So we have a museum located in Memphis, Tennessee, where we celebrate inductees into the Blues Hall of Fame, the highest honor that it can be received. Uh, we also have a number of youth programs. We uh, have scholarships for youth. We have a youth showcase at the International Blues Challenge. We work with our affiliated blues societies all over the world to do, bring blues to the schools. 
Um, we also support medical needs for musicians through the Heart Fund. Mm. So we do a lot of work in different areas, all to make sure that the music is celebrated and preserved at the same time. Now we have a young man that's going to represent the sound of the blues to us. He's a young 17-year-old boy that is playing, but he has a mentor here with him that you arranged, and, and this fella is certainly one of the uh, iconic legends of the world of blues. He was a part of Muddy Waters' touring band, and we're very glad that he's here. Let's say hello to Mr. Uh, Bob Margolin. Steady Roland Bob Margolin. Very proud to be back again. It's nice to have you here. Now, we, we have a young 17-year-old boy that you're going to be playing with here shortly. We'll introduce him in a second. But the idea of mentoring kids, using the blues to, to mentor kids, I mean, this is something that you're very involved in. Michael, I have a problem with the mentor word. Uh, because when I meet somebody like David Julia, I look at him as a very creative musician that I can learn from, that I play with, becomes another musician friend that just happens to be younger than my socks. So you, <laughs> so you view him more as an, as, as, as an equal, not, not as a kid that you're helping to uh, encourage and train. I saw the other side of it when I was 24 years old, I got into Muddy Waters Band and it was like a, not like a mentor situation, but it was more like a master and apprentice. He put me on his right side so I could watch him play guitar and learn from him. He didn't want to teach me outright like a mentor, but he wanted me to pick it up and I tried to find it and uh, the thing to do I think is to pass it on. But when I meet somebody that is as creative as David Julia, I will say, will you be my life coach? <laughs> Well, we're talking to a Steady Roland Bob Margolin, of course, on, on the broadcast, along with Barbara Newman, the president of the Blues Foundation. But let's uh, introduce some, some music in the uh, heart and spirit of a young 17-year-old fella from uh, Mineola, Florida. His name is David Julia. He's going to play a song that he wrote. It's called Simple Things, right here on the Wood Songs Old Time Radio Hour. It's what you do to me I wake up in the morning with you by my side I touch your skin, I get this feeling inside I love you in the morning, all through the night And you always do it right But it's the simple things It's what you do to me Come on, Bob, take it away. Mm -hmm. 
put the cream in my cup I sugar in my tea Listen, little things you do for me I love you pretty mama So the morning sun I kiss you all over Have some fun It's the simple things It's what you do to me From Mineola, Florida, David Julia, this week's Wood Songs Blues Kid. So, David, let's ask you a question now. 17 years old, uh, when did you start playing the guitar? I started playing guitar when I was about six. Six years old. What, how did that happen? At a six year old kid, did somebody hand you a guitar and you started getting interested? Or? Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a family band. Uh, oh. I started out as a drummer around oh, really? three, about four. Yeah, three year old drummer, sure. <laughs> And uh, about the age of five or six, I got handed the, the guitar, and uh, that was from my dad. And that's when I, when I truly started getting into uh, guitar. When did you feel like you were becoming proficient at it? How old were you when you decided, hey, I'm starting to get good at this. This is fun. I'm still waiting for that moment. Still wait <laughs> I don't know. You're doing pretty good for, for where you're at. Thank you. So, Barbara, specifically, what is the Blues Foundation, what kind of programs do you have in place that are helping young kids, uh, you know, David's age and, and others to, to come into the world of blues and have fun with it? We, we've got a couple of programs. One of the things that we have is called Generation Blues Scholarships. We give scholarship money to young people under the age of 21 to attend summer camps and workshops. Last year... We had over 40 kids that were able to go to summer camps and workshops to study the blues who otherwise might not have been able to. Oh, nice. Which is, it's, it's yeah. great. Um, and then we also work with our affiliated blues societies around the, school, around the world to uh, bring blues in the schools into their local school districts. So young children who might not be studying instruments can still learn about the history of the music, um, the nature of the music, and it, it, American history, literature, et cetera. Mm -hmm that comes along with the music. And then during the International Blues Challenge, we run a program called the Youth Showcase. We'll have over 100 kids in Memphis, Tennessee. They get to um, perform on Beale Street, the mecca of the blues, right, yeah. and let everybody see what they're doing. And they can learn from musicians like Bob, who will be there as well, and uh, from each other. So we give them an opportunity to meet each other to network with each other and to perform and work on their craft. Barbara Newman, uh, president of the Blues Foundation, thank you so much. 
you want information about the Blues Foundation, if you want to get involved, if you want your kids to get involved, blues.org is where you will find them online. Now let's move on to our next form of music. You know, the, we liken the, this world in many ways to a garden. And in this garden, there's rows of many different things. You've got your corn row and your watermelon row and your peppers row. And that's how, how we're looking at this world of music as a beautiful garden. We just got to see the uh, blues. Now we're going to introduce where the next form of music came from. And it started right here in our own home state of Kentucky in a little place called Rosine. And this fella had the idea of adding a percussive sound with the mandolin to old time music. And he gave birth to something that has gone truly, truly global. Oh, the people would come from far away. The day stole night till the break of day. When the cold hollered, do si do, you knew Pin was ready to go. Of course, we're talking about the father of bluegrass music, Mr. Bill Monroe. And there's an entire organization that takes care of the part of the garden called Bluegrass Music, and we want to welcome here Mr. Paul uh, Schiminger from the IBMA. Let's welcome him to the stage. We're Thanks, Michael. No, thank you for so, having us. So, Paul, tell me about the IBMA. What does it stand for, IBMA? International Bluegrass Music Association. And we were founded back in the mid-80s, 1985. How, how did the formation come about? Was it a bunch of musicians that got together? There was a lot of industry people as well as musicians. At the time, uh, bluegrass music really was a highly decentralized uh, music form, and everyone thought they, if they bring their the whole industry together in a collective effort you could raise the tide for, for everyone involved and, and really connect everybody and educate and, and help the music uh, from a, you know, so that people can make money actually playing the music while they enjoyed it. So, so, <laughs> so all these bluegrass players that were out there making tens and tens of dollars, you were trying to help organize it so their market would become bigger. Now, uh, the music world has really changed a lot since the formation of the IBMA. And so artists everywhere are, are, are struggling to find their place, their mechanism in a market that has just really changed a lot. And I'm sure the IBMA has a lot of things in place to, to help retrain people how to think about this world of music. We do. We're a professional association, so we're trying to connect and educate professionals, but also raise the level of appreciation of bluegrass worldwide, both you know, from yesterday, then today, and tomorrow. So we have programs that help the youth, as we're talking about tonight. We have a Hall of Fame that we established right down the road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, we have a trust fund that helps professional musicians and, and artists and other industry people in time of emergency need. We have a foundation that helps a lot of programs around the country as well. So there's a lot of work going on in our industry through the association and all the volunteers that are involved. And the community venture of the IBMA, you work with uh, the folks around Raleigh for a, a huge event that happens every year. We do. It's called World of Bluegrass and it's a combination of a business conference and ward show and, and a two-day festival and Last year, we had over 215,000 people. Uh, Say that number again. 215,000 people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a big number. Yeah. And you have a very active uh, kids program in the IBMA. 
We have, we have a few, actually. So the first one started in the mid-90s, which, which was uh, our uh, Bluegrass in the Schools program. And now our foundation has taken over that. And then we have our Kids on Bluegrass that was started in the early 2000s. We have our Youth Council, which uh, we can describe a little bit and Dee Dee can, can explain in, in greater detail. And then we also have a, a Momentum Awards that we started so we could recognize the up-and-coming artists that are you know, in, their, in their teens and 20s that really are making a, a big splash on, on the you know, on the scene. So, uh, and Deanie Richardson, who's here with me, is really heads up our Kids on Bluegrass and our Youth Council program. So, uh, it's great. Let's I'm go ahead and say her. hello to Deanie Richardson. It's nice to have you here, Deanie. You, uh, you, you have a long uh, uh, resume in the world of bluegrass. You, you actually had your first performance on the Grand Ole Opry at the ripe age of what, 13 years old? 12 years old. 12 years old. Yes. So and so the idea of uh, you as a performer is one thing, but your interest in kids is very strong. It is. I had a lot of people helping me out when I was uh, just getting started in a youth in bluegrass and country music, so I feel it's my turn to, to pay it forward there. And uh, from what I've seen, the world of bluegrass attracts an unusual number of young kids to it. Oh, it More does. so than other genres of music. Kids really are attracted to pick up a banjo or a mandolin, and bluegrass music seems to be their first target, their first home. Why do you think that is? I can speak for myself. As a kid, it was just my highlight of my year was going to, to IBMA. Then it was in Owensboro, Kentucky, and uh, just jamming. We stayed up all night jamming and meeting new friends. It's, they're lifelong friends. These are people that you'll, you look forward to seeing there every year, so it's, it's a, an event you look forward to every year. And it's another uh, part of the personality of, uh, of the roots music world, whether it's uh, blues or bluegrass or folk or whatever it is. Nine times out of ten, you go to these festivals, and the real music, the real stuff, isn't happening on the main stage. It's happening in the parking lots and in the campgrounds, right, Paul? It's, oh, it's, it's exactly it's right. It's a very communal, very community-driven kind of music. And it's so accessible, and everyone wants to pass along that heritage, that tradition, that culture to the next generation. So you can see A-list performers in those campgrounds and parking lots playing with the youth uh, in music, and, and it's hard to find that in commercial, you know, commercial music uh, where the stars and the, and the fans are sort of separated. Here, there's a blur. Everybody plays in bluegrass. Half the audience tends to do that, and the kids are welcome to play with the professionals and, and are encouraged to. Well, here we are with Paul Schiminger from the IBMA Executive Director. You have a very interesting background because uh, you, come, you come from the world of finance, don't you? I do. From your home state of Maryland, right? Yes, I do. And, and, uh, and uh, you decided to leave a steady job mm -hmm. uh, to enter a world of bluegrass where folks were having a hard time making a living. Right. To, my, to, my, my wife has questioned that decision ever since. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, uh, and really, Michael, it was a parallel, there were parallel lives going on at the same time. Yes, I had a professional career on the financial services world for about 30 years. But at the same time, I had learned the banjo when I was about 15, 16 years of age and had played ever since and had been in a few bands. And, and it was a passion of mine and it just happened that there was an opportunity for the business side of my world and the, and the passion side of my world to collide together in this job where I felt like I could help out, hopefully, you know, help those 
in this music who I, I love so much and this music I love so much. And who else uh, could better do that than someone who was a player themselves, someone who had plays the banjo, who understands what these artists are going through. Well, you have to feel it. It's, it's there. Well, let's go ahead and demonstrate the music a little bit. We've got uh, uh, Dina Richardson here as the uh, bluegrass mentor, and we've got uh, a couple of uh, special guests. First of all is uh, Tyler Andell, who's a recent winner at Winfield on guitar. And Dina's going to play guitar. But our focus is going to be on our Wood Songs IBMA kid. She's from Chapmansboro, Tennessee. Ivy Phillips, and she's going to play Katie Hill right here on the Wood Songs Old Time Radio. She's 15 years old from Chapmansboro, Tennessee. Ivy Phillips, this week's Wood Songs IBMA kid. Let's say hi to, to Ivy. Why don't you come on up here? Now, 15 years old. Yes, sir. Right? And, and man, you're going to be good when you're 16. <laughs> Thank That's you. So, so when did you start playing the, uh, the fiddle? I started playing fiddle at the age of three or four. When so, my... Usually at three or four, the fiddle's bigger than you. <laughs> well, back then they had little, little fiddles. Little mini fiddles. Did it feel good in your hands? I mean, do you remember how it felt? I remember age. sitting in my, on my brother's lessons. He played before me, so mm -hmm. I watched him a lot. And, and when, did it, when did you feel it ignite inside you and you said to yourself, I really want to get good at this? Who did you hear that made you want to do that? Well, Deanie Richardson, she helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's the one That's who inspired so nice. me most. Um, I really, 
realized that I loved playing fiddle probably around the age of seven or eight. That's mm -hmm. when it, I feel like it clicked. And having something like the IBMA exist that creates these big events for you to go and yes, see sir. other players, that I'm sure that helps you? It does, a lot. Um, I've met a ton of my friends at IBMA with all the youth programs going on there. It really opens up and broadens all of our horizons and lets us learn a lot about each other and playing with each other. Well, very well sped. I said Ivy Phillips, 15 years old. Thank you. Deanie Richardson, her mentor. And Paul Schwinger with the IBMA. He's the executive director. We're so glad that he can be here, but we're not done. In the second half hour, we're going to meet two more organizations that help this world of grassroots music. We will be back right after this. You're listening to Woodsong Show 916, broadcasting around the world from the foothills of Appalachia in Lexington, Kentucky. If you would like to attend a Woodsong's broadcast when visiting Kentucky, you can find reservation and show schedules on our website, woodsongs.com. We'll be back after the break with our celebration of roots music on the Woodsong's Old Time Radio Hour. Woodsongs is presented in part by Kentucky Tourism, welcoming families from all over the world to visit Woodsongs and historic Lexington, Kentucky. Woodsongs is an all-volunteer-run multimedia celebration of grassroots music broadcasting worldwide and made possible by our audience. You can support our broadcast by becoming a Woodsongs partner. Information is online at woodsongs.com. live on tape at the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour facility. Bye. Thank you, Arlo Guthrie. It's nice to see everybody here in the beautiful Lyric Theaters. We're broadcasting worldwide. We're at the crossroads of America's folk and bluegrass music, the gateway city to the magnificent Appalachian Mountains, where so much of this wonderful music does come from. We're on the air everywhere around the world, and we're so grateful, too, to, to the so many different uh, radio stations that are broadcasting our show. And uh, we want to also acknowledge American Forces Radio Network that airs wood songs every single week uh, worldwide in 173 nations, plus every single military base in the world, every U.S. naval ship in the world, every Coast Guard vessel in North America. And as always, we want to say hello to the men and women out there that are tuning in and listening. We certainly do appreciate them. We also want to welcome uh, listeners to KRFZ in uh, Rochester. It's Rochester Free Radio. We want to thank Mike Fox out there. Radio Kansas in the great state of Kansas. High Plains Public Radio broadcasting all across Kansas, Oklahoma, and northern Texas. And Red River Radio, one of the biggest public radio imprints in North America. All of these folks are tuning in and listening to us this week. So we, we uh, enjoyed the uh, music of the blues. We had Barbara Newman here from the Blues Foundation. We enjoyed the uh, story of the IBMA and how bluegrass music is uh, organized with Paul Schiminger, who is the executive director of the IBMA. Now we want to turn ourselves to something a little bit different. Let's welcome Mr. Ron Penn, <laughs> Professor Ron Penn. 
Hi, Michael. And you are on the creative board of a community that calls themselves Song Farmers. What is that? Song Farmers. What a wonderful name for people who till this great soil of culture through music. You know, our guitars and banjos and fiddles are our plows. Very much so. Now, Song Farmers is a relatively new organization, right? It is. It started out as part of Wood Songs, really, that family of uh, ideas that you created that was a way of taking music that people were actually making and playing and sharing with themselves and giving them a front porch to do it, a way of sharing that music. And so this is really for folks who, who may or may not be interested in making a living at it. They just want it, a very, they want it to be a very powerful part of the life, but they just want something to do with it. They don't want it to just... I, th I think it goes beyond the professional and the amateur to anyone that wants to make music in their community together can do it. Uh, it's a complement to the three trade organizations we're celebrating here. Um, in a way, it is, uh, it's not meant to showcase things professionally, but it's a way to bring education to people through the music and a way to create a front porch for people to play. And in fact, it's as democratic as it can be. At the first song farmer gathering, we had a town forum, and somebody said, well, this song farmer gathering's wonderful, but could we start one of our own? Somebody went, well, that's a great idea. Three years later, there are at least 32 active chapters all over the country, and they're springing up like uh, mushrooms in a forest after a spring rain. Now, these, these song farmer chapters, they're from Vermont to Arkansas to the Virgin Islands, right? And what does a song farmer chapter do? Somebody becomes a song farmer and they want to start a chapter. What is that? Well, it's part of what's becoming a network in which they can find one another in different places and share music with one another. They know that they can come for a jam, usually once a month at a gathering. It might be a small gathering of five, ten people and a few people in the audience, or we've had ones that are like festivals. Uh, where there are you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and they run out of food. Yeah, I know the, the one in uh, Cabot, Arkansas, little tiny Cabot, Arkansas. They do theirs at a library, and they had 160-plus show up at one of their little jams. What they are is just the folks get together, and they bring their, their chair and their, their instrument, and they sit in a big circle, and they play together. Right in uh, in northern Florida, they uh, they do it at the Stephen Foster State Park, and they have completely overgrown their facility. And now the state parks want to put a song farmer chapter in every state park in Little Teleco Plains, Tennessee. They've overgrown their facility too. So, what do you think the attraction is for these song farmer chapters? Why are people gravitating to them? It took me a long time as a musician. I uh, went to music schools and conservatories, and I always thought it was about the music. You know, that was what I was playing at, and I realized it's not a wall, it's a window. The music was just a way of sharing humanity, being with people and sharing with people, and that was the beauty of it. The song farmers give you a way of being with other people who are sharing that music with you. And the library, and the state parks, they're among the most public spaces we have as Americans. That are not used that much. And we are starting to use all of them. In fact, even in Lexington, this month, we're starting the first one on the north side. Yay for Lexington. And they're using the library there. At the library. That's right. 
So, so you, as part of the creative board, one of the original creative board members, you have been very active in organizing this big educational outreach that the song farmers are presenting into schools. Why don't you explain what that is? Well, it took something that was a really wonderful device, uh, the archives of wood songs. These shows are wonderful because you get to hear remarkable musicians and a little bit of talk in between that uh, puts them in context. And so what we decided to do was to make them available to the public and index them in a way that you could find your way anytime you say Gibson mandolin. It'll run through all these shows and you can find every instance so of it. This is like a video audio search program that, that, that the University of Kentucky developed. To Absolutely. Put, to Doug put in Boyd this. is brilliant at the Louis Nunn Center. And so we're going to put these up, all available and indexed, and they work with Woodsong's educational outreach in which the class materials are available free to anyone, and you can look at the, the shows or segments of shows and relate it to the teaching materials right there, all that humanities. So if somebody wants to introduce, the, say, the banjo to their students, uh, you, you've got Bela Fleck and Abigail Bela Marshall. Fleck and Abigail, you want to among others. Yeah, traditional jazz, you have Preservation Hall jazz. And that young lady over there might be on that show, too. Just might be. All right, uh, so, someone who likes the fiddle, we've got an entire show with the Mark O'Connor. And his, and his family band. So all of this uh, has uh, lesson plans for middle, high, college level classes and you and the University of Kentucky partnered with the song farmers to present this into schools. It's absolutely wonderful to have education and actual music outreach all married together. Well, let's go ahead and uh, introduce some of this music and let's bring forward a, a young guitar player. His name is Parker Hastings. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good. Now, you, uh, you are one of the official Song Farmer members, and uh, you've, you've, you've been around it for a couple years. What is it, what, what should people look for as far as this Song Farmer community? What, what is an attractive part well, of it? Well, for me, I, I think being a, a younger player, it definitely brings a new element. You know, we have all this uh, social media and everything, and that kind of connects us on one level. But I think that the Song Farmer aspect of it kind of brings us all closer together because we can stay in touch with one another and it's like when we get together we've known each other for a long time mm -hmm. and uh, we just sit around and jam whether it's on a front porch or in a park or a library or wherever. So. And, and you've been to the gathering I think every year that they've had one, the Song Farmers Gathering. I, th I think so. And, I think and you, you even do like a little workshops and stuff for them. Yeah, yeah, you know that's, it's fun to, uh, to share with others uh, what I might know about the guitar and answer any questions that they may have. So, Well, let's go ahead and uh, find out what you know about the guitar. Okay. I, want, I want the audience to know that you are, uh, you are 17 years old. That's correct. And uh, you are the national thumb-picking champion. So we That's right. are very Thank proud you. of that. You beat out all the grown-ups for that, didn't you? <laughs> well, I guess so. <laughs> well, let's find out why. You're going to play a, a song that uh, Doc Watson made popular, right? Yes. What's it called? It's called Deep River Blues. Parker Hastings on the Wood Songs, old-time radio. Let it rain, let it pour, 
let it rain a whole lot more Cause I got them deep river blues Let the rain drive right on Let those big waves sweep along Cause I got them deep river blues Like a waterfowl when I got them deep river blues Ain't no one to cry for me When all those fish go out on a spree Cause I got them deep river blues them deep river blues I'm going down to Muscle Shoals Time's getting better there I'm told cause I got them deep river blues Let it rain Let it pour Just let the rain come down some more Cause I got them deep river blues Let the rain drive right on let those big waves sweep along Cause I got those song farmer blues Cause I got them deep river blues Thank you. That's our good friend Parker Hastings, 17 years old, this week's Woodsong's Song Farmer representative. Now we're going to move into a, another organization that helps out the Roots music world. And this, more than any other form of music, truly represents the stories of the communities that the music comes from. A lot of times, uh, message songs, the lyrics about uh, the, the events of the day and stuff, and no one represents this world of folk music better than the voice of this fellow right here. You recognize it. This land is your land, and this land is my land. From the California to the New York Island, from the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. If there was a father of folk music, it would be Woody Guthrie, certainly with others like Pete Seeger and many others that helped that genre grow and explode worldwide. But more than anything, they used the poetry of words, the poetry of thoughts and actions to really express what was happening in the world around them and their community. And we're very, very grateful that we could have the executive director of the Folk, uh, Folk Alliance International with us. Let's welcome Mr. Uh, Angus Finnan is here from... Hello. Folk Alliance, home-based in... 
Kansas City. Based in Kansas City. Now you, you're originally from Ireland. Uh, born in Ireland, raised in Canada, and living in Kansas City the last four years. And what, what, how, did, how did your participation with the Folk Alliance happen? Because you were, you were a touring artist. You were a songwriter, a guitar slinger. You were out like everybody else. So how did this, how did this happen for you? Uh, I, I first went to Folk Alliance as an artist, um, hoping to connect with people in the music community, other artists, but uh, specifically festival bookers and, and people who might help uh, help me bring the music that I was writing, the folk music that I was writing, to audiences in places far beyond the farm that I grew up on. And uh, over time, I realized that you know, hundreds of artists were, were coming to the same organization to do that. And uh, over the years, came back in, in a different role with, as a festival director, looking for artists to bring uh, back to a festival. And, uh, and in time, um, came to, to work for the organization. So now the Folk Alliance represents literally thousands of artists and coffee houses and festivals, and that, that takes a lot of organization. It's, a, it's a, an incredible family, really, as much as it is an industry. We have over 3,000 members. Uh, our annual conference in February uh, drew 2,700 delegates from 27 different countries last year. And, uh, it's, and all it, of these are people interested in folk music as mm -hmm. passionate part of their life. Folk Alliance, how does, how does Folk Alliance help the uh, artist on the street? Because uh, that's the purpose of it as, as a trade organization. You have this magnificent uh, exhibit hall filled with... Explain the exhibit hall. Well, it, it's an industry event, uh, our conference. Um, to your example of the exhibit hall, a, a trade show where festivals will set up booths to uh, display what it is that they present in their state or province or country. Instrument manufacturers will have um, new instruments on display that anyone can come and, and play and pick up and um, perhaps uh, purchase. And uh, agents and um, CD manufacturers, anyone who's in, involved in the careers of the, the touring artists. And this again, this must take a lot of organization to invite these people there and organize them and create the tables. It's a, it's a year-long affair, just building up for a, a five-day event. And the Folk Alliance really happened. It was a, just a, a group of friends back in the day, I think it was in California, mm -hmm. that uh, wanted to try to do something to organize this very loose world of folk singers and coffee houses that was around North America. Clark and, and Elaine Weissman um, had, had a dream that they would connect the folk music community at the time, and um, in 1989 in, in Malibu, they called a gathering. They, they finally just put a date on the calendar and said, okay, come to Malibu, we're going to talk about this, and out of that was born the North American uh, Folk Music and Dance Alliance, which evolved into Folk Alliance International. If I remember uh, reading right, there was like 120 that showed up at that first one, mm -hmm. and it has now grown to, like you said, thousands all over the world. So, well, you were very kind. We're, 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 t we're talking to uh, Angus Finn and the executive director of the uh, Folk Alliance, and you were very kind to bring a couple of friends of ours to represent the music and sound of uh, folk music and we're going to play a song that's called To Help the World written by Uma. Uma, how old are you now? Ten. You're 10 years old and your brother Jiri's here. Jiri, how old are you? I'm 12. And, and, and Uma, you, you 10 years old, you kind of wrote most of this song yourself, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you're playing the banjo and what's your brother playing? 
He plays mandolin and also fiddle. Also fiddle. So we're going to go ahead and listen to this song. I want the audience to especially focus on the words that uh, she wrote. And this is a tune called How to Help the World, representing a folk alliance uh, all over the world. It's young uh, Jerry and uh, Uma. They're from Nashville, Tennessee. This week's Wood Songs Folk Kids. Twelve-year-old Jiri, ten-year-old Uma, she wrote the song, How to Help the World. What do you think of that? 
Thank you, Angus Finnan from uh, Folk Alliance and uh, bringing those uh, youngsters on to really represent what the world of folk music is like. We want to end the show with something very, very special. We started out with uh, Barbara and the uh, wonderful world of the blues and the work of the Blues Foundation. A very legendary guitar player that uh, she brought in, the, uh, the, the fellow that uh, performed all over the world with the... Uh, with a huge blues icon, uh, Muddy Waters, and was so grateful that he could be here with us. He's going to play a tune that he wrote called I Shall Prevail to end our show. He's playing it with young David Julia. Please welcome Barb Margolin to the Woods Songs, Old Time Radio. Try this. are my first words today I try to keep my eyes closed but my sweet dreams fade away and I realize I'm still me and harder times are near I got to face today and the years that brought me here but if I should fail I should fail. I can't fail. I shall prevail. Every day I have less money and one day less time. I used to run through the world, but now I have to climb. I'm grateful for my blessings, music, friends, and love. But today's cost of living is hard to stay above I work hard to have a future and try to hide my fear And treat everybody with respect while I'm still here But if I should fail If I should fail I can't fail I shall prevail Tell me, man With interest and a fee The best politicians money can buy Take a load for free I never ran from temptation Now temptation runs from me I try to stay strong And be all I need to be And I play my blues with fire There's a new song to be sung 
Steady rolling, Bob Margolin, young David Julia. Nice to have you guys here. We are so grateful to the uh, organizations that came to be part of our celebration of, uh, of Roots music. Let's thank uh, Barbara Newman from the Blues Foundation, <laughs> blues.org. We also want to thank uh, Paul Schiminger from the IBMA, the executive director representing a wonderful form of music. Bill Monroe, I think, said it best. He said, bluegrass music has brought more people together and made more friends than any other music in the world. And I think that's true, don't you? I mean, bluegrass music really does all that. We had Angus Finnan, who was the executive director of the Folk Alliance here, and we want to be a, a very grateful to the folks there, send our love back to Kansas City. Woody Guthrie uh, said it best when he said that any fool can do something complicated. It takes a genius to be simple. And uh, Woody Guthrie was the epitome of the genius and the simplicity of folk music, the power of one person in their guitar or whatever instrument it could be like. And Dr. Ron Penn uh, brought the message of the song farmers to us who simply say, what we need is a front porch around the world. And you know, in all the in all the stress and the strife and the confusion and the deluge of digital information, isn't it a wonderful thing that no matter what kind of music you play, whether it's bluegrass or blues or folk music or if you're simply a song farmer playing with your neighbors, that you could turn your front porch into one of the greatest peace-making machines in the world. The wonderful peacefulness of gathering neighbors together to pick and sing. It's an amazing, wonderful, loving thing to do, and we hope you'll do it. My name is Michael Jonathan. I am a folk singer. I am a song farmer. We'll see you next week on the Woodstock Old Time Good night. You've been listening to Woodsongs Broadcast number 916. Michael Stephanie's song with Song Farmers Blues from the Woodsongs 3 sampler album. Our chief engineer is Jerome Galt. Technical assistants are Brian Clausing, Brandon Eves, Mark Thompson, and Eric Anderson. Our TV and internet broadcast is directed by Maria Clarich and assisted by Emily Comfort. Our technical director is Chris Browning. The Woodsongs crew member of the week is John Hingsbergen, and our Woodsongs partner of the week is Jerry McAllister. Special support provided by Hybrid Springwater, Nate's Coffee, and the staff of the Lyric Theater and Upper Crust in Lexington. Our show is produced with the support of VisitLights.com, Kentucky Tourism, Travel Host Magazine, Big Ass Fan Company, the Bluegrass Hospitality Association, and the Campbell House Cario Collection by Hilton, and the Holiday Inn Express and Suites Lexington Northeast, welcoming visitors from all over the world to Lexington, Kentucky. Wood Songs and the Wood Songs 
Woodsong Symbol are registered trademarks of Rachel Aubrey Music. Our show is distributed worldwide by the Woodsongs Radio Network and PRX. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh James. For Michael Jonathan and the entire Woodsongs crew, this is Dorothy Edwards. We hope you will join us again next week for the Woodsongs Old Time Radio Hour. Oh,